Hello. This is the <laughs> we're doing... fuck. Okay. Uh, uh, we doing... already fucked up. We it's already... okay. It's okay. okay this okay. is how a cold open works. You okay. fuck up and yeah. then it's fine. Okay. Uh, but like, okay, we're doing a podcast. It's called Auto Cinephiles. I came. I came up with that. So Jackson came up with that. We're both trans. I kind of. I kind of pushed it <laughs> on jam. <laughs> I kind of forced we're it. Both... I... We uh, we're both. Uh, transgender. Uh, this is a podcast about where we all we're gonna try and make everything transgender, um, <laughs> and we watch movies. Uh, and that's why it's so, called Auto Cinephiles. Yeah, because we're cinephiles and we're trans. And okay, yeah. um, <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, today we watched uh, possibly the worst movie to start a podcast with. I think. Yeah. Um, Wait, why? Why? Do, I'm curious as to why you say that. Are we going to get into that later? Or is it yes. just... Okay. I, <laughs> I'm i just... I don't know. I feel like this was a particularly intense like start to this your This was crazy. Podcast. This was insane. This movie is ridiculous. Okay, so... Um, I guess you know by the title of the podcast, I would assume that um, we watched uh, Teenage Hooker Become Killing... Became Killing Machine. Yeah. Uh, and our brief a brief synopsis uh would be teenage I, became killing machine I yeah i i kind of was expecting oh god this is gonna turn into a podcast where you talk about chance movies arts. but um i was not expecting it to be the ending was okay so i go the ending was so how, how how do we oh someone's <laughs> facetiming me okay how how do we structure this let's i guess we should summarize it um I, actually i'll i'll preface how i like even found out about this i am like clocked into like the, probably like maybe two of the people who are listening to this are going to be from this twitter circle but i have my little group of trans girl twitter friends and i think um i forget who sent me the link but uh teenage Hugger became killing machine it's uh, from 2000 i think 2001 um i didn't check on it's a I I was gonna say Korean knew it, but I don't even I think I'm really bad at my film history, so I don't even know if that's a real movement. But it's a Korean auteur film um, about it's like a genre exploitation, like early exploitation, also like punk film, and it's shot pretty much entirely on. I c- couldn't find exact information on what like the main hook of it is that it's stylized using digital like DV cams, and yeah. like it is like very kind of impressionist grainy cinematography and like super stylized and kind of like postmodern weird experimental visuals like matched with a really old timey Russ Myers kind of like Kuchar, very Kuchar brothers style. Of I don't know any of the references you're making. Yeah. Do so you not? For context, for, con- <laughs> for context, um, I am an animator uh, I watch a lot of animated films. Uh, I watch. I, I'm an experimental animator specifically. Jackson is a film major. Yeah. And they know way more. I'm also an experimental major. animator, but I'm That's in true. a film. <laughs> I'm in a film program. Um, and um, so. But they know a lot about a lot more about film than I do. So my history. I'm, I'm for a film major. My history is pretty weak. Uh, but, um, I. I know some of the reference. I hope the references I made were not too. I hope I wasn't wrong, but it, I, I'm so. I'm. I, I think you should watch it. the Kachar Brothers. It, it was very kind of remin- There was the scene. What where did they need? They 
made a bunch of they were like kind of like the first era of like kind of new new queer filmmakers it was like them like stylistically it was like them russ myers and uh in like the 60s ish were making these really low budget lo-fi super eight films that Mm -hmm. were like really queer and subversive and kind of punk and had a lot of needle drops um and i don't know a ton of their work i was really lucky to catch george kuchar talking at red cat before COVID happened um and i watched a bunch of kind of just like a, a span of his films uh including kuchar brothers work and then his solo work and some of his more recent stuff um it's very kitschy very kind of like self-deprecating in a way that is kind of like i it's hard to explain because i i don't like self-deprecating as like an indicator because i feel like it's hard to discuss camp and kitsch without using that term in that it's like very kind of self-aware but it's not self-conscious if that makes sense where it kind of knows it's ridiculous and plays into it but not in an unartful way yeah um, it's this may this film is extremely kitschy i think yes. that's a good word to describe it so it's, oh you go i um, don't know if i Wait, you go. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to edit so, this. I'm going to edit this. It's okay. W for editing. <laughs> um, so I, I I think we should... Pro- okay, I think we kind of set it up. Should we talk about, like, what happens? Do you, like, um, know what... I, I was... The plot... Teenage Hooker became Killing Machine. Yeah. That is, that's what happened, uh, essentially. Um, I think this film would be... I... The last 20 minutes of this film are perfect for me like really this is one of those films where i watch it and i really fucking hate parts of it but then i like love other parts of it like way too much to like not give it credit it's like i uh this is um i i didn't love it as like a whole i thought it was like fine uh i i kind of liked the stylization but it wasn't my favorite thing and i've kind of seen it done before i thought it was gorgeous i've just kind of i'm a korean fan boy so i (laughs) like a julian donkey boy kind of did this but in a more extremist kind of visually more visually cohesive way but in a way that also kind of wasn't completely digital um so i I admire this film for what it was able to do on like not a harmony korean budget um yeah I I wonder I do have to wonder what the budget for this movie was because I don't I don't think yeah I don't think it had a high budget but I also don't think that it had a it yeah. did not have a it didn't give off it seems like they had some budget it seems like they got a grant from somewhere um, yeah absolutely I think it's definitely clear that the filmmaker knows what he's doing um, yeah uh who is uh I believe uh wait let me look up his name because i forgot nam yeah um Um, i is this the only feature he's i i'm not sure i found a lot of people saying that they were i guess not i because it looks like it seems like he's directed no he's he's done more but he i and this isn't even really high profile so i don't know why i'm saying this but um he looks like he hasn't done any high profile stuff Uh, but also i i'm not like in Korean independent circles, so I could be very yeah. wrong about that. Um, yeah, but it's it's 
it's not like a Bong Joon Ho level of like this person. No shit, like, but like, that's not <laughs> that is not the metric that this is operating on. I don't no, think... in terms of like <laughs> Korean art cinema, that eventually branched because Bong Joon Ho like started pretty. Yeah, like, yeah, in Korean art true. circles, um, and so I, I think it is. Um, so I, I guess we should just like lay out the plot, but the plot feels so fucking secondary. I guess the plot feels extremely secondary. I think it's very easy to want to not talk about what actually happens in this film. It's just it's <laughs> because it's like, like it is. It is second. Okay, I think it is secondary, um, and I think the themes that are being kind of explored and like what's getting in, what this is like getting into is like more important. But I feel like also, uh, so like okay, so essentially the plot. Um, Basically, uh, the our hero team teenage hooker um, is she named? I don't. No, she's not actually. Okay, yeah. This film, this film was interesting because I, I, I don't know. I tried to kind of like figure out the morality of the director, and I'm yeah not sure. And that's why I have a lot of like I have a lot of uh, aspersions. I think with this movie, I think I have a lot of things that I don't like about it and i have things that i'm like a little concerned about but overall there is a lot to like here i think yeah visually this is why like the first thing we were talking about was like getting into it visually i feel like there's like i thought it was fucking gorgeous i think the um this scene where i guess she is fake murdered or murdered the first time yeah uh the i what what happened been there i don't know what happened there that part uh was confusing so, this is narrative. why narrative kind of seems second it's weird because like it, it kind of but also i think it is less secondary than a lot of like similar i feel like tonally this like felt a lot like uh films yeah. like house yeah tonally, this felt like it was like kind of it was taking itself it's in the category of films that like takes itself seriously but also doesn't take itself seriously and like takes itself seriously by not taking itself seriously yeah and like i feel like um uh i don't know there was just like a lot of stuff that they did that felt very off the cuff but it was it was more it was more together than like than even something like house like i think the narrative yeah here it, it, is like it's a, it had a, it had a surprisingly coherent narrative. I was expecting. Yeah, it was pretty like, linear and and like not weird and exper- like you don't have to watch it really multiple times to figure out yeah. kind of the beats. Um, yeah. And I well I it 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 feels so almost so pretty because it it like you're talking oh I just burnt can we we'll edit that one out. <laughs> um, I, it feels weird because you're talking about the morality of the director earlier and I kind of have a similar yeah. thing. I, I'm, yeah. like, really not versed in, exploit- uh, like, contemporary exploitation. I kind of know the roots-ish. Um, yeah. But it's, like, very obviously, like, it's pulling on American exploitation stuff and, like, a set yeah. Myers and Kachar. But also, it was, like, you know, very similar to, like, Miss 45 um, by... Yeah, I know you need to watch that. it. By Abel Ferreira, who's, like, kind of really famous exploitation filmmaker. And, and I think morality is interesting in these types of films... Um, yeah. And there's also like a really long history of like Asian exploitation cinema that also kind of like works morally. Uh, like this is, I kind of like found out about this because my like film Twitter 
trans girl circle is kind of going through like Asian experimental cinema right now and stuff like cellulite nightmares and like these like body horror movies that are like about exploiting women um like and like violence against women's bodies like kind of rebounding into being cathartic kind yeah. of like trauma this pieces. film is okay well yeah this film is extremely okay so the thing the thing for me with this movie is this film is extremely cathartic the, yes. the last 20 minutes of the film i was like smiling i was smiling the entire way through it and it was yeah. like so fucking great really but like great. i don't know if it really like i feel like it's also gets into the territory of like very much like trauma heavy in the yeah. beginning where it's like I don't know. There were parts where I was like fully getting nauseous. Like it yeah, was like this no, is it, the more this is one of the more shocking films I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Which I did not expect from like I also can we can we talk about the music choices? Because I yeah, feel like, I, I like feel, another... it, that's why I was saying it was kind of pulling on on like it, like it reminded me a lot of Kachar where the Kachar Brothers stuff will just like kind of needle drop random rock songs. Yeah. And, and yeah. like there is the sequence. Okay, so the plot, like, it's a really linear plot. So I think we can just like knock it out right now. Is this yeah. girl, teenage girl, who is a hooker? I get sex worker. I don't. Yeah, I think that's a person. shitty. That's absolutely definitely a shitty yeah. term. But it's like um, also, it's just as ironic. In the yeah, it, it's expo- it's exploitation yeah. cinema, and and, yeah. and so you know, a teenage sex yeah. worker um, is like, it starts and she's like paying some guy it's proposed like proposition some guy in an alley it's like you can pay twenty thousand dollars to have sex in you or whatever and then they start having sex like on in an alleyway on this stoop and then this lady calls her grandson i guess who is like this landlord who's like owns the building that this lady's staying at and he's like what the hell why are you having sex on my but he's also property? but he's also her teacher yeah right <laughs> so i wasn't <laughs> sure if this was like a sort of like yeah, I, I never, I, I guess I didn't really figure out what that was meant to mean. I think yeah. it kind of meant, like, uh, The way I kind of interpreted it was because later, like, right after this, he's, like, landlord, and then they are talking, and then, like, she's, like, 50K to let me, the 50K special or whatever to let me off, and then he's, like, okay, and then they, like, go on a romantic, like, romantically framed date sort yeah. of thing where they ride a bike and prince and so the way i interpreted that was that they kind but of have like, like a pre-existing was... relationship and that this was like yes. banter almost yes um yes. and then she later um, goes on to talk about how she you know like still makes all of her other teachers pay for services but mm-hmm. she's letting him off for free and also that she's pregnant that's like kind of the next yeah beat, is that they go on this date and they have sex and Yes. And then this is where it gets confusing. This is where (laughs) this is where it's like linear part kind of breaks down. So there's like, I think I read it as a dream sequence because of the like, they have a really weird color thing that happens at this part that I would be interesting to, I'd be interested to know how they did it. I'm not sure if this is like a computer effect or like how or if if this was done like analog, I don't know how they got it. The really insane saturation stuff. Yeah, um, but, like, this scene in particular, it's, like, there's, like, different blobs of color, like, covering the screen, and, like, at one point, like, it shows a close-up of her face, and, like, you can, like, just see her eyes, and her face is completely red. Yeah. Right? It's, like, blown out red, in, like, yeah. and everything behind her is, like, bright, bright green, and, like, um, 
uh, so I assumed that that was like a dream sequence or something where I guess he like, uh, this teacher guy like murders her, but then we go back to the real world and she is like actually about to be murdered by like three guys. This guy's goons. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's like, yeah. And and Um, all when we say murdered, it's not just like shot. It's like intense body horror. Like the, the dream sequence, she's like, I'm pregnant and then gets shot by the teacher and like has the baby pulled out of her womb. Yeah, this like, movie. Uh, this, yeah, this like okay. So, uh, this film is not fucking light on the gore, and this yeah. is where it like gets extremely like, I like I know like I know what you're trying to do, but like goddamn, like, yeah. maybe maybe I don't know. I start to question like where this is coming from. Yeah, but then like, okay, so that happens, and then uh, we, I so, guess. So she gets she is like then brutally, yeah. Um, she gets <laughs> by these like goons. by these goons, um, and I guess they just leave her there or something. And yeah. uh, some scientist guy who never gets an introduction, yeah, he's it, just like there. He's just there, uh, like puts together like a synthetic like or rebuilds her body and like with like mechanical robot parts cyborg and as a sort of cyborg but but not really cyborg because she's like a robot like yeah but then it's also it's also revealed later that the teacher like put her back together which is confusing because he also had her killed uh but then essentially she's like put back together as a killing machine this is where a teenage hooker became killing machine yeah uh, and then and, is, is contracted to kill these guys in, yes outside and, she, the bar. and the guys say that there is a window out in the men's bathroom and that's her only escape and this guy will be waiting outside in the car yeah. and when she goes into the men's bathroom there is no window uh, so she realizes that she's been set up and she was meant to kill those two guys and then get killed by someone else um, and uh, she but she's able to make it out. She is shot. And we have this fucking crazy kind of scene where she like stands back up and one of her like boobs. Yeah, is just it's fucking protruding out and, like, as like mechanical. <laughs> as like a mechanical like mangled mess. And it's like, so that was interesting. And, and it's, uh, it's all practical he, and like, yeah, yes, and puppetry. it's and like super sick. The practical, uh, the practical effects in this were kind of, crazy. and it's it's cool also because the practical effects are like paired with the insane visual stylization of like the super yeah. high grain yeah, 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 visual yeah. shooting. And I, again, I'm still not sure. I know it's like a similar texture to Kareen with Julian Naki Boy and the way that Kareen did. It. I'm still not how they did it formally, but the way Kareen did it was he, from my understanding, shot on film, transferred to video, uh-huh. and then retransferred to film. And I don't yeah. think that I think that's too high of a budget thing, but it got a similar texture to this film where it's just like I, insanely high noise, um, yeah. really high saturation, uh, really high luminosity. Like for what for how well put together this film is, I wouldn't be surprised if it had kind of a high budget. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like a case where like this is like this guy is like, I don't know, altered cinema guy and yeah. someone gave him a big grant to make a movie. 
Uh, and but like okay, so back to the plot. We're almost done. Um, yeah, it's a sixty-minute movie. Uh, There's not it's a much. 60, it's a very short. Yeah, it's a very short film. Uh, uh, so she can't escape. She escapes. Um, yeah. After she shot the guys that were like gonna kill her, like run away, scared or whatever. And she hunts uh, down the goons, right? She hunts like, down the goons. Beautifully she, shot sequence. Amazingly shot sequence. Incredible she compositions. <laughs> she hunts down the goons, finds them in this car, um, and they're like, oh, holy shit, wait, isn't that the girl we killed? What's yeah. going on? And they're like freaking out. Uh, and she like has this crazy scene where she like runs at the car jumps on top of the car and just like shoots down at the car like a bunch of times and kills all of them uh and from here she's like she goes to go after her teacher her quoting her teacher yeah Um, and also also we haven't mentioned this but the teacher has like a really weird prosthetics it has to be right yeah really weird prosthetic face which is never like explained. It reminded me. It was like exactly the same as like uh, the devil in that Arkham music video. Oh yeah, it yeah. had the exact texture. It's like very, that. and it was interesting because it was prosthetic in a way that you could tell it was prosthetics, but it wasn't. It was like a very obviously sculpted, like physique. Yeah. It didn't look unnatural to the point of like being like insane like a person could look like this i guess it just was with how abstract the visual style made everything it it just like red is really insanely surreal yes which kind of i it which kind of fits with the whole movie i feel like they did kind of go yeah try to go with like subtle surrealism but it's like subtle surrealism within like an already like extremely not subtle yeah movie so it's like makes it even even more confusing and strange but i kind of like it um yeah so then okay so she goes to kill him uh she raises the gun to shoot him and then just like collapses and this is when he reveals that like he was the one that had the scientist rebuild her uh and so he like i guess controlled some part of her memory uh so that she couldn't like shoot him yeah. she wouldn't physically be able to shoot him but then uh, then the wife, this is important. The wife runs yes. in. The wife of the mentor runs in and says, Congratulations, honey. You've been promoted from mentor or teacher or whatever to principal. And yes. then that happy moment happens and she gets and up. She has like this moment of like, I like, she's just like so. I don't know. It seems I'm like interested she's so... to see how you read this because I, yeah, I have. Yes. Okay. So she just seems like so like overwhelmed by the kind of like, uh, I guess injustice of that of him being like promoted when he like just like completely like completely threw her under the bus and murdered her and had her resurrected. Um, and was also yeah. like as a high school teacher, yeah, and was a high school teacher <laughs> like and, a student. Yeah, like, there's a lot of yeah. So I think actually college they they mentioned that one of them is in college at some point it doesn't college it becomes like but there is no college principal so i don't really know what they mean yeah i think college like i think it works different in korea i think college yeah that's right that is true but okay so she like stands up and has this moment this is perhaps my favorite moment of the film no no the the very end is my favorite moment yeah yeah but um she 
fucking stands up and out of nowhere grows this fucking mechanical Yeah, that robot. wasn't set up. Yeah, grows this fucking mechanical robot dick that shoots him. Is a gun. That is a gun that shoots him and he it shoots him in the dick and yeah. he dies. And then she uh, walks up to and then this is the final shot of the movie, right? She walks up. She walks up. Well, this guy's like been shot in the dick. The, this like rapist asshole murderer has been shot in the dick. Walks up to him and with her gun dick, like he's like kneeling, like yeah. puts her <laughs> gun dick in his mouth and yeah. kills him and just <laughs> executes him. And that like cut yeah. to titles. I was like fucking screaming when that happened. I was so was, fucking excited yeah. about it. That it was, was like that pretty was, incredible. That was the most successful part of the movie for me, and I, also incredibly, uh, incredibly trans. Yeah, uh, I mean, did we need so much? Yeah, I um, <laughs> and it's interesting. I I feel like exploitation cinema is is so interesting as like a trans medium because and this like is a particularly trans film where, um. I, I think me and Jim have a conspiracy about noise being a trans inherently trans aesthetic. And Distortion so it's just, in yeah. general. It's just yeah. Like digital but... noise like the fact that this is shot like in such a heavily like noise centric mode was yeah. really interesting and was especially like anything about girls being cyborgs is trans and anything about having a gun dick <laughs> as a girl cyborg is also trans. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because again, my little circle of film Twitter trans girls is um has been kind of going through the expectation cinema ringer recently and it's it's so interesting to see how because this is directed by like a man i feel like we haven't explained yeah uh exploitation cinema okay i feel like it might not need explaining to a lot of people but also yeah i I am bad i'm really bad at my history i tried to explain genre to ashlyn the other night my roommate and it didn't uh-huh. or like a couple weeks ago and it i called like rocky horror b movie and ashton's like this is the peak of cinema what are you talking about and i was <laughs> high and so i couldn't explain genre movies and they told me my degree was worthless um it made me sad <laughs> um but, um so i i hope i i hope i do this justice but basically exploitations oh god i'm not going to be able to describe this um exploitation cinema is and I'm really bad, again, very bad on my history, okay. um, is a genre of movie that is generally low budget, generally independent. Um, and... Wait, wait, wait. Just a sec. Just a sec. Uh, I'm going to call. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, okay. generally low budget, generally independent, um, with maybe like some CZ Studio funding happening, um, and made for a very specific type of audience, the really classic example is black exploitation cinema which was actually not as independent as a lot of other exploitation cinema movements but essentially these are really hyper commercial films rushed out extremely quick to appeal to a certain type of audience in the 70s this was black exploitation was really popular um after sweetback came out where these studios realized that these like reclamation narratives about a marginalized group could be really successful um and pump these out as quickly and cheaply as possible and so the aesthetic markers that came from it were kind of really interesting because it was all really lo-fi it was mostly using non-actors or actors that had really limited experience um and kind of like because a lot of these were products of a studio system trying to make money um kind of stumbled onto something artsy and independent with just like how mismatched the parts were um and so 
as that kind of evolved and as they stopped making as like black exploitation specifically it stopped making money it became more and more of an art house genre with yeah. um kind of more independent Which is funny because it yeah. kind of got reclaimed by the people that it was like trying to like exploit and, yeah, yeah. And, and and so then you get people like Abel Ferry, you get like all of the new queer movement, Lilith yeah. Rocky and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so you get these like hyper auteurs making like taking these aesthetics that were originally like hyper commercial, um, and you know, like recontextualizing them in the context of an art house kind of vocabulary. And um what is really weird and i like about all of these kind of like exploitation narratives specifically about women is that they're all directed by men and all of them have like generally pretty good gender politics and specifically like transgender politics where like miss 45 is directed by Abel for i won't spoil it because jam hasn't seen it and she needs to um is about a mute woman who is assaulted three times i think three times in a day and goes apeshit and just starts like murdering rapists um and you know and, and then this movie about like mechanical cyborg woman with a gun dick and noise aesthetics um it's so interesting that all of these kind of exploitation films about women directed by cis men are so consistently trans um and then stuff like celluloid nightmares which i, ha- I haven't seen um uh, also is like kind of really heavily speaks to trans catharsis and i i think that's a really interesting topic to touch on that I, I need to get more into because I, I need to brush up again on my history but um uh, what I was it like... what was the topic that we were gonna say before you were just you were explaining Ex- that okay. you were gonna say something about something but I forgot what it was okay thanks for <laughs> um, cutting me off sorry but um I think it's I think it's really interesting how like you were saying like uh, any sort of like cyborg woman thing is usually a trans narrative and that's extremely correct and I feel like a lot of like I don't know I feel like more and more often uh, trans artists have like taken that image taken that imagery and made it like a part of their aesthetic yeah. uh, and like this isn't something that seems to come from like a single place it seems to be a much more like individualized like yeah uh, like decision from a lot of different artists, uh, which is interesting. Like I don't know, like Machine Girl, uh, like I don't like fucking Machine Girl's like whole shit for like quite a while was like uh, robot girls with dicks, which is yeah. like I don't know. This is not the only example of this either. I feel like it's like I don't know. We're not going to talk entirely. Like we're not just going to talk about how this film is trans, but like. Uh, I, I I just like there's such a like it's one thing I feel like this could have been a fairly normal movie if if yeah. not for the ending uh, I I feel like the yeah it like it, it well <laughs> normal, Nor- is rel- yeah. normal is relative here but I think this like this would have been a fairly like this this would have just been a sort of kitschy uh, weirdly stylized weirdly stylized Ex- exploitation film if not for the way that they make the catharsis happen in the end and like yeah. what the symbology there is. Like it's so. And, and I, it's, I, it, it, it's crazy. Cause you can kind of see the, 
like aesthetic vocabulary like kind of, like coming in from all different influences um and i i keep going with guitars but there's you know the moment there's a moment after uh the teenage sugar uh before be before she becomes a killing machine uh meets yeah. the teacher and they just kind of have the standoff where she's trying to negotiate not being i guess like killed by him and yeah. they it just like needle drops into this like all korean punk song and they just it like sounded sway. Like a, I, it literally it sounds like a sleater can you like, yeah it sounded like a weird it. 90s underground sonic youth like yeah so if I want to know what song it is, and I'm gonna try and find out. I know um, I was gonna look up the soundtrack. To and, and it's cool because um you can kind of like I and I again I don't know what the band or the song is, but I'm going to guess that this is a relatively underground, or at least alternative, you know, punk band, um that they could afford licensing to, um uh-huh. and like it's just like they a five also, minute dance break I, in the middle okay. of this movie i think i think we keep assuming this is a low budget movie uh they also had like ryuichi sakamoto on oh, true. Soundtrack, who is like a pretty major jazz artist but like i don't know it's just like there's so much like well they, they were using from my understanding they were using non-actors or at least it seemed like it i should have done more yeah. research but they were using non-actors and like the they never from my understanding like just from looking at it they never shot on a high-end camera the whole movie which would save an yeah. insane amount of money i feel like i feel like we can pick apart the end more i feel like we can pick apart the end more yeah um i okay so there's a possibility that this was an attempt to kind of try and like place her as like the because it seems like i don't know in this movie men are usually in control of yeah. the situation uh and that is often if not always tied to sexuality and uh and i think that's i don't know i think that's like a that's an interesting kind of commentary on like uh sex work and yeah. uh that I think needs to happen. I'm. I feel weird. I feel interesting. I guess about it being made by a or about being about that commentary coming from a man's perspective. But I think yeah. it's also ultimately like aware of like what yeah. it's doing. I think. So I think the ending. I think the ending. I'm interested with like. It seems like they tried to like make her prosthetically a man which yes. is like interesting and i well, think because I, I i think it i think it's less about her becoming a man than it is well no that's kind of thing. like having a phallus as like yeah. a powerpoint yes that's which is like an extremely charged and like yes <laughs> oh two like transphone and people charged. in this podcast are very <laughs> wary of that messaging um yeah um but uh like i think i think it is important also that she like she is still herself i was afraid that when she became killing machine uh they would like take away her personality and she'd just be a robot that's meant to kill people um but she is herself and she still has her morality and she's she it's interesting because she exercises that morality. Yeah. Seeing her gun dick at the end, which is like. Is it fair to call this film anti landlord? It's pro gun dick, anti landlord, um, <laughs> ambiguous on sex work. 
we can't make a moral judgment on that. Ambiguous on sex work for sure. I think um, that's like perverts. Like, and I I think it's also interesting because it it almost feels like this film successfully. Ooh, maybe I'm just stupid, but I I, I feel like it kind of successfully avoids talking about the moral politics of sex work in a way where yeah. I feel like a lot of prostitution films are like about yeah. whether how hard it is for a woman to be a sex worker and or how you know how great and empowering it is and I yeah. feel like he kind of like the director kind of knew that it wasn't going to not only would it not be successful politically if he talked about this as like a cis man who is not a sex worker um but also that it wouldn't be successful artistically and so it kind of just avoids that because there are politics in this film for how kind of uh fragile the narrative framework is there absolutely there is like a ton of loaded symbolism and it mostly discusses politics through images um which i am really happy about um i think that was something i was definitely aware of how it was like not making a commentary on sex work i feel like uh that made me nervous for one especially in like some of the things that happened in the first half of the movie i was like oh is this like is this not going to be is this like going to be very specifically like a bad movie but but um but it kept turning itself around it kept having uh like a little bit of self-awareness that gave me like hope for it and i think the ending kind of like realizes that i was waiting for the became killing machine throughout the whole movie i was like yeah like this is getting like kind of brutal i was a little less nervous about the politics in new york because again the like types of people who i like saw like logging this film and who i got it from are all like hyper progressive and and so it's partly that and also i was less worried about a man navigating this topic because one i'm again harmony korean like fan number one and so i Uh and he makes transgender as fuck films that discuss trans politics better than like any other film i've seen um haven't seen funeral predator roses yet but uh and so and i've and i also am coming like kind of pretty fresh off of a a pharaoh watch and and so i kind of have seen a cis man who like because i don't consider harmony korean cis but that's another episode (laughs) we'll we'll go through our harmony korean gay conspiracies (laughs) eventually um Um, but i i kind of am fresh off of seeing a cis man like navigate this political framework uh in the context of a similar aesthetic framework also um like successfully so i was a little less wary uh, than you were i think yeah 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 i think well i think okay so i think it is almost more um so i feel like with a lot of transmedia uh the reclamation part of it is more important than the actual film itself within the actual context of the film itself because i think i think a lot of like i don't know there aren't many there are very fucking few major trans directors if any major ones and like um i feel like trans people are drawn to seeing themselves where they are not uh in a way but they are there too because we're because trans like i don't know seeing themselves where they're not explicitly but where they are in terms of like themes like 
jam so cheap. Like, with this one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. But um no, but no, no, no. But like no, but for real, I feel like so much of like what I've seen trans people obsess over uh isn't anything that is diegetically trans. Yeah. It's stuff that is like that is trans in their own perception yeah. and that's almost mo- more powerful than like explicit trans representations for a lot of people for a lot of trans and, people. and i i think to some extent it has to do with how complex trans identity often is for a lot of people because like for, yeah. for me i i my transness is i you know and, and queerness in general for, for me is not something yeah. that i you know you see kind of classically represented where it's like i was six i had a crush on a boy and that's um I you know that's how yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, yeah, or yeah. I was six and I wore a yeah. dress and that's how I knew I was a girl and yeah. you know my my identity is is like so kind of convoluted and like abstracted even from myself um that you know it's so hard for me to just like see a trans girl in media and like because she's a trans girl relate to it as opposed because i I feel like i understood my own gender through aesthetic markers like culturally and so like i feel like it makes sense that i resonate with aesthetic markers more than textual markers in like art that i relate to yeah well i i don't think i think this gets into like what like what is transness and like is it a visual representation and that is like immediately becomes problematic like if you try and if you try and represent what like transness is by like a certain like visual sort of not by like an abstract sort of visual thing but like if you try and represent what transness is as like this is how a person looks that is trans yes uh then you are not going to get anywhere and i think that's what a lot of trans people that's why a lot of trans people have found more attachment to things that aren't trans than things that are often. And like part of that comes from there not being any, being very few uh, actual like examples of trans people in media. But also a lot of it comes from just like, I don't know, seeing yourself in something for once. And it's like, and like, I feel like a lot of, I don't know. A lot of trans people are drawn to like kind of experimental, the experimental. And like, I, this is, we're getting back into like the whole distortion and noise argument where it's like, there's so many like examples, like it's practically a, a, like a, a trope for trans girls to be into noise music. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is like, like it, uh, and I don't think that's a coincidence. And I think like, either abstraction and like things that do not uh yeah that don't explicitly represent something is like such a significant part of trans experience and like yeah. how trans people are able to see themselves in society and, uh, and I, so I this moved away from the movie but like yeah well, it's a podcast yeah yeah I, <laughs> I i think also it's uh oh this podcast totally just gonna be us talking about being trans for like an hour I, <laughs> Yeah, it's called I I, I asked for uh, I set us up. Oh, and and so I I think it's I think that you know, and I think it's also interesting. Oh, and I might I keep fucking talking about my lack of history on this stuff, but I also think it's interesting that a lot of you mentioned Machine Girl earlier. That yeah, um, I I think it's interesting that a lot of like trans specific like subtext films 
and exploitation films come from Japan and Korea because like machine girl is like, like is a reference to like a Japanese exploitation film and maybe not exploitation is the correct word, but Japanese kind of genre action film. Um, and, And so, you know, and again, like, well, I think, I think the reason for that is, is like, I think the reason for that is kind of like the, cause there was also a lot of like, abstraction kind of gained popularity and a lot of like i mean i don't know like animation is like they have the biggest animation industry in the world and have made like a lot of like there's a there's definitely a a sort of like at least pop cultural like obsession with like i don't know like for example like neo tokyo sort of like that kind of narrative where yeah like retro futurism is like so major in like a lot of japanese films and i think like i don't know we were talking about like i don't know should we just i think we can just say cyborgs are trans I just, yeah I cyber think- is <laughs> like I, I um i i think it's it's so interesting because I, I feel like there was a point also where cyborgs cyborgs weren't trans and then later became oh, sure. because I, I i'm thinking back it's like I guess like the first like kind of cyborg trans media I ever related to like really heavily on like a level where it's like I know this is a trans thing. I can't remember what I watched first, but it was either End of Eva or it was um, Ghost in the Shell, which are two of my yeah. favorite films of all time. And, and I I think it's so interesting because neither of them are even particularly like, gendered. Like Ghost in the Shell, like it's gendered in that it has like the main character is a woman, and yeah. there are a lot of kind of shots of her body under physical strain and same same thing with eva eva is kind of even less gendered um than ghost in the shell is i feel in that it kind of pauses as politics not as gender politics but as uh interpersonal politics where you know i i think like shinji is like described as you know massage is fair to classify as misogynist but i don't think the show ever goes out of its way to call shinji a named misogynist does that <laughs> oh you haven't seen eva i haven't seen so, it so this hmm. is difficult for me to damn have you seen yeah, ghost you haven't seen ghost so wow i'm so Different sorry I've... <laughs> uh, I, need, down. I know i need to see them <laughs> Oh, but okay. Mac, Mac watched End of Eva. Mac like started Eva. Mac's my roommate, who we're both friends with, also yes. in experimental animation. Um, yeah. And Mac was, and also trans as the they them. Um, and w- Mac started watching Eva, like the TV series, and we just like we're all on the come down yesterday. And like, watched, <laughs> watched End of Eva. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck it. And so watched End yeah. of Eva and like. Like, ha, like, quote, I guess I should stop making art. I just, I thought that was really funny. And you need to watch End of Diva. Because, like, okay, they... I'll watch. Um, I do need to watch End of Diva. I don't know why I'm doing a movie podcast, because I, I don't watch movies. Yeah. Um, this is a fucking dumb of me to propose. Yeah. The, as the genius behind this operation. But it's, and, but it's, I, it's like a fun, it's like a fun, quirky sort of dynamic yeah. to have someone that has no fucking clue what they're talking about. Also, uh, most most of this is just so we, because we both need to watch more movies and it's exactly. just a nice this is to a watch. Fun, this is a fun little, fun little well, talk show. It's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like, I'm like, it's like just curse. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, oh my God. It's like Twitter. Uh, I don't know. This is like, this is our, this is basically our Twitter's. Not mine. I don't say shit on Twitter. You don't say shit. You retweet people. This is basically like, your Twitter and me interacting with it. Um. 
What what the fuck are you even talking about? <laughs> okay, back to t- okay. Um, we're at. I think we were talking minutes. about trans cyborg aesthetics. Should we just? We're end talking it? about trans cyborg aesthetics. I we are we're at like fifty minutes. I feel like we could trail it off at least. Yes. And, um. Okay. Well, so welcome. If you have anything else, if you have any, <laughs> if you have any burning things to say about this movie i will say it's fucked up that tk is serving the prison sentence that he is serving for what can uh, essentially be boiled down to preventable violence uh due to low-income fucking shit being horrible that's fucked up that tk is serving what he's serving and is shkreli even like in jail is Shkreli dead I yet? This, I don't know the situation here. I don't know. You don't know who Martin Shkreli is? I know who Martin Shkreli is. I don't. Do know you know who TK is? I know who TK is. Okay. I do. When I can, we both get a when I can. I dox that. Should we edit that out? Um, I can edit it out. I can like when, keep it out. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we both came to the school that we can do, I I made a TK joke like a reference to the race and fucking nobody understood it. And it was such like a disconnect. I felt so alone. Like n- none of, I was so used to my friends fucking understanding take care references. And now not like, and then none of my friends at private art or university understood take care references. It made me depressed so for sad. like weeks. Um, well, anyway, that's the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sure talked about a movie. We did. I'm proud of us. Like maybe two people. Through. I'm not going to promote this to my 150. Yeah, that's we fine. Should just I think it's fun this. to just release it. <laughs> it I, yeah, I don't know. It'll be fun. I think it'd be fun if this uh, got some people interested in it. At least our friends, maybe yeah. mutuals. Hell, our friends, oh, may- yeah. maybe this our mutuals. All, <laughs> this is this is all it needs to be. Um. um okay. Okay. So that was right. the audio cinephiles experience. Goodbye. That was the audio cinephiles experience. Bye.